Hey, it's me, Frank Cardillo. Thank you so much for subscribing to Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz, a part of the Improvisers Guide Network. We're preparing for our official launch as its own podcasting entity on October the 4th, 2018. But in the meantime, we wanted to supply you, the subscriber, with some of our favorite episodes from the Improvisers Guide podcast. One of the recurring themes of Theme Park Thursday, which we discovered randomly, was that maybe we don't hold Disney's Animal Kingdom to the same high level of regard as the other Walt Disney World theme parks. This is a double dip. You'll hear our quote-unquote 20th anniversary celebration of the Animal Kingdom, and then the only appearance of Mr. Snydillo and Mrs. Dillo. Now is the time. Paging Mr. Morrow. A minute and a half. Step out to your right, please. The secret staircase. You are approaching the unloading area. Behold the majesty of the Sistine ceiling. Extra, extra New York but mostly America. Aloha and welcome aboard. On Sunday, April 22nd, the Animal Kingdom, Disney's Animal Kingdom, mm -hmm. celebrated its 20th anniversary. Insane. So already that length of time will <laughs> make you feel old. But additionally, yeah. the Animal Kingdom in general makes me feel old because I feel like it's the ultimate in generation gap. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think... I can count on both my hands the number of days I have spent in Animal Kingdom, and maybe we'll get some mean tweets out of this. Any yeah. any any tweeting is good tweeting at yeah. this point. <laughs> but uh, twenty years of the Animal Kingdom, I doubt that I've been there more than eight days total. So I'm gonna let you think about it at first, because we're old seven seven <laughs> and a half years apart in age. So right. in theory. Like, maybe you should be a little more into the animal kingdom than I am. And we'll get to all that in a second. But <laughs> but clearly, you know, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, always MGM, is is our three. And right. then Animal Kingdom, it, it's Animal Kingdom, I think, sits behind, like, Universal and Islands of Adventure in theme parks that I find more nostalgic and memorable. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, for you, I, you know, Universal is not has no nostalgia for me at all but you having work there yes. spoiler um that it holds more for you uh yeah i mean it's definitely the the forgotten park for me where when i would I, let's go pre-kids if i would visit it would be once every couple of years even living down there i think one of the trips I remember going to Animal Kingdom while living there was to let someone into the park with my main date. <laughs> um, and I didn't go in, but I just let them in and then I left. So that was one trip I took there. But otherwise, it was always one of those parks like every couple of years, more than that, maybe in between. and be like, oh, maybe we should go back there. I haven't been in a while. I mean, I think when Everest came out. There was kind of more of a push to go and check that out. And I've been on that a few times. But at this point, I don't even know the last time I was on Everest. Right. So now having kids, I've probably been there. Uh, let's see. My three-year-old has been there six times. And maybe <laughs> I've been there three, 
that poor, poor child has only been there six times. I actually told his teacher that today because we were talking about Disney a little bit. And uh, she was like, what? So you guys are like Disney freaks. I'm like, oh, we sure are. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Oh, because he mentioned how he went to the uh, Disney store this weekend. She's like, why? Was it your birthday? It's not your birthday. Why did you go? I'm like, because his parents are in withdrawal and can't get to Disney World right now. Um, Anyway, so then... Yeah, so so maybe he's been there half of the visits, probably. Yeah, probably half of the visits that we've gone to Animal Kingdom. And more for the safari. I mean, we haven't even stayed long when we're there. Uh-huh. We'll go to the safari. Um, I think we uh, on our trip in January, we checked out the Nemo stage show. So little by little, a few yeah. more things are seeming more appealing because of the kids, but for the kids. But um we yeah it was never a main draw for me of something i'm like oh i'm going to disney i have to get to animal kingdom that was not a thought of mine sorry don't hate (laughs) yeah the i'm fairly certain that the animal kingdom disney's animal kingdom uh Mm -hmm. opened well it did open because we know what the date was during my last week of classes at UCF. So that was like my final mm-hmm. semester ever going to college. So there was no, I was like, I got to get out. I got to make sure I get out of college. I've had enough right. of college. I got to get out of here. And that, so I think I just wasn't as connected. And I was a little disconnected from October of 97 through that whole semester. Cause I did back to back to back plays at, uh, right. at UCF and things like that. So I wasn't, uh, you know, immersed in Disney mm-hmm. as a cast member the way I had been the two years prior. Uh, so I think that's part one of why I didn't get excited about the Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom. And then maybe the two or three times I visited before I moved in 2000, uh, I, I all I remember is the heat. My God, the heat. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just felt hotter than other b- parks. And the biggest selling point I remember early on was I just didn't like the walk up to the Tree of Life. I'm a right. little bit better about it, but it doesn't have the same walk up as walking up to the, obviously, Cinderella's Castle, but to Spaceship Earth or to, mm-hmm. thank God, the Sorcerer's Hat is gone. <laughs> mean, mean, mean tweet me again about that. I hate the Sorcerer's yeah. Hat mm-hmm. at hashtag always MGM. So Did those them. those three those three parks had a certain you know feel when you entered mm-hmm. that I did not get at the Animal Kingdom, which immediately disconnected me into thinking that this was a Disney park, right? Uh, and then I remember I remember going once uh, a couple of years after that because I, I had befriended Pocahontas, uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple of years after that, uh, well, yeah, and then it was. Three years before, well, you know, between that time and the next time I went, I think it was like six or seven years because I was like, oh my God, Everest has been open for three years and I have not been on it. So right. I have to get on Everest. So that was the next time. And then it was another, another six or seven years. Mm-hmm. So I think only twice and that in time 15 on Everest, years. Was that the picture, was that the picture of us on Everest? Uh, oh, maybe there's another time. I don't believe so. No, we're not on Everest. We're on... Uh, oh, we're on Universal. We're I thought Universal. there was one of us on Everest as well. I don't no? believe so. Mm. Mm, have to go back to the archives. But definitely, it's the mummy ride, I think, is the picture you're Well, yeah, of. yeah. Featuring my sleeveless uh, uh, Disney's Yacht Club shirt that I yes. still have to this day. That picture Obviously. was taken 14 years ago. God knows how old the shirt was by that point. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is still a classic poolside 
shirt, even though it's deteriorating thread mm -hmm. by thread. Anyway, so let's talk about the animal kingdom. Uh, what are your favorite aspects currently of Disney's animal kingdom? So we uh, did see the Rivers of Light show mm -hmm. when we were there in January, and I think that is an excellent addition. I ki I like the idea that the park is now open later, mm -hmm. and there is a nighttime element to it because, as we know now, we typically tend to lean more towards the nighttime Disney feel. Truth. And and I agree with you that you know, Animal Kingdom, I don't know, it just never hooked me as like a real Disney park. I never got the feels from it. So maybe that nighttime aspect, spending more time there now might might help that out. Um, so I think that's a great addition. And I was there once, I think I may have told the story already, I'm already repeating stories on the podcast, um, with a company I was previously working for during a special event when the park used to close at five. So we went in after that, got to go on the safari and then had dinner kind of along one of the main roads of animal kingdom, which was pretty cool to be in there. Cause that was the first time I could be in there at night because it was never open that late. So I do like uh, this whole idea. I have not seen the, Tree of Life uh, Awakening show, mm -hmm. which I hear is really awesome. Right. Uh, Sarah at Step by Step WW on Twitter mentioned that as one of her favorites. So I do need to see that. I'm sure that would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I do like Rivers of Light. I think it's an amazing, beautiful show. So I think that's a great addition yeah. to the park. Now, definitely the extension into uh, of the park hours into the nighttime, I think, will also help uh, my mm -hmm. own my own state of mind because I do immediately equate the park with the heat. Even the last few times I've been there, it's been January, and I feel like it is too hot in this park for me. <laughs> and that's not. And I, what do I, I lived in Florida for four years? The heat right. shouldn't bother me, but for some reason, I'm like it's too much sun for my liking. Where can I right. go and hide? Um, right. And I know early on, too, uh, I was put off, like, I just didn't see enough animals on Kilimanjaro Safari my first couple of times on it, so it didn't mm -hmm. do it. So I had to listen to a lot of people going, no, it's different, no, it's different, no, it's different. So when we went in January, like, okay, great, the safari was pretty awesome. So mm -hmm. I feel like those little things I just have to dedicate the time to that mm -hmm. should be putting into my nostalgia time at the other three <laughs> parks. But I have to, after 20 years, start accepting Disney's Animal right. Kingdom into my life because mm -hmm. uh, because of the kids uh, yeah even pandora i you know we did the river journey the navi river journey with the fest pass in january mm -hmm. um and, but we did not do flight of passage because people were camping out overnight or something like that that's how ridiculous yeah, the lines were. um yeah <laughs> but, but that is a favorite for pretty much everyone on twitter at this point is flight of passage yeah and yeah. i'm sure it's killer but it'll be it took it took three years to get on everest it took five years to get on seven dwarfs mine train mm -hmm. so right. if this isn't one time going too fast or two the signs of adulthood i don't yeah, Finally, true. in the 30s. Now it's like, wait, how many years has it been between getting on this ride for the first time or since I've been last mm -hmm. on this ride? That's like my epic, my epic, like, you know, I, I, my goal right now is like, I got to go on the Jungle Cruise because I think it's been like 25 <laughs> years. 
I don't think I've been on it since January of 1992. I can't think of a time mm-hmm. after that that I haven't been on the Jungle Cruise. But this isn't yeah. about the Jungle Cruise. This is right. about Disney's Animal Kingdom. What did you think of the Navi River Journey when uh, you were on it? It's a short ride. It is a short ride, uh, but it's cool. I liked it. I think we were kind of um, forewarned that Flight of Passage was the better of the two rides. So it's not like my expectations were through the roof for this certain experience, but I liked it a lot. It was, it's a, I like all the colors. I like, I, I enjoy a good boat ride. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at some point, maybe the lines will be shorter. Where maybe. That will maybe. Be a nice, maybe. <laughs> And it'll be a nice little air conditioning escape ride down the line of many, many years. Right. Maybe. (laughs) Because to me, it's such a short ride. And if people start catching on to that, maybe they won't wait four hours for it. And, you know, you can kind of walk onto it in a shorter amount of time. I feel like one of the trends with uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom over all these years, these two decades, and I would love for people to correct me if I'm wrong, Despite Everest being on the east side and despite Dinosaur being on the east side, I feel like this is a very west-heavy park mm-hmm. Where, uh, mm-hmm. because the tree of, from the Tree of Life and west. So we're talking about where the whole Africa area with Kilimanjaro Safari and talking about what was said first, Camp Minnie and Mickey, so like the children's meet and greet area, but now it's Pandora. So I feel like, right. I feel like people tend to shift to the west and only, you know, you're only cutting over to go to Everest. You're only, I, have you been on the River Rapids? I have not. Uh, I feel like I have, but probably, <laughs> I don't even know what, maybe 20 years ago. I don't even know, but yeah, it's been a long time. I know I've been on the pup by bilge barge things at Islands of Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. not been on uh, Kali River Rapids at the Animal Kingdom. So, yeah, I feel like, again, you know, you, you feel like you should go to the safari that way. So then you end up by Tusker mm-hmm. House and all of that over there. Um, right. You know, Dino, Dino Land, USA, we spent a minor amount of time in this uh, this time around, especially with the Finding Nemo theater, theater a little past that. Uh, so right. we, did, we did shift a little west. Uh, right. I should say east uh, this time around with because uh, we did like the the bootleg. <laughs> that's a criticism right there. The bootleg carnival <laughs> rides that they have over at Dino Land, the, the fake mm-hmm. Dumbo, the whatever, wherever they pulled that in from whatever amusement park shut down that happened. <laughs> Ooh, uh, the heat tweets. Uh, <laughs> I hear them coming. I'm working out trying to try. It's a different tactic today. Yeah. I'm trying to work people up about yeah. Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um but yeah, the Finding Nemo musical, which I was like shocked, like debuted in 2006. I'm like, what year is it that I'm? It's 12 right. years, and I haven't seen this ride. Which I thought was awesome, by the way. Yeah, it was great. That exceeded my expectations for sure. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty amazing production. I yeah. was not expecting all that. Well, yeah, and it, and it's yeah, it, you could tell. You know, some over the years, especially in my time working as a cast member, you've seen where shows have begun and seen them chip away and cut the budget and slice and chop. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway took that hit for a while where they were like, oh, we don't need this spoon anymore. We don't need that fork anymore. Right. Like, it had mm-hmm. that reputation. So, I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's happened. It looked like a full-scale production didn't look like anyone had called out that day and someone couldn't pick up the track. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it was well-rounded, well-done, and it seems like it has a full house every show, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, You mentioned Tusker House. Have you 
eaten anywhere in Animal Kingdom? Uh, I probably have eaten at the Rainforest Cafe at the Animal oh, well, Kingdom, true. and yeah. that's it. Um, yeah. But I don't believe... I don't think I've eaten at Tusker House. It's possible I got something quick there, but no. Have you? I mean, I ate at Tusker House uh, last year, last May. Mm -hmm. And literally, this was one of the random trips to Animal Kingdom. I went in to have breakfast at Tusker House, and I left. <laughs> and that was all that happened there. Um, but I think it's it's kind of an interesting character dining, because there's different rooms that people are in so it's not just one big restaurant and then there's one room for the buffet right. so then the characters are coming in and out of these rooms and everything but i mean it's kind of cool and the characters are dressed up like safari type costumes and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um daisy is there you don't get to see daisy very often so right. that's a plus so i thought that was pretty good i don't think i've really uh, Rainforest Cafe, yes. I don't know if I've really eaten anywhere else, though, in the park, but the Animal Kingdom Lodge, mm -hmm. I have been plenty yes. with Chico yes. and now Sana. Well, and just, uh, I have the uh, the Animal Kingdom map in front of me, the guide map mm -hmm. here, and even just going through the restaurants here, you mentioned, well, you mentioned to me, before we started recording, uh, the sh <laughs> who shouted out about Yak and Yeti. Do you have that? Oh, yes. Uh, that was Sarah at, oh, was um, sorry, sorry, Sarah, step-by-step -step WDW on Twitter. Also, yes, she, awesome. Yak and Yeti is her favorite. Yeah, and just and, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, and I was just going to say, and Tusker House is uh, Disney Gratitude's favorite uh, on Twitter as Disney, well. So Yeah, everyone should follow Disney Gratitude because you'll get uh, yeah. a lot of gratitude from Disney Gratitude. I'm just saying. That's right. Um, She's all about the gratitude. No, and just going and looking at the different restaurants in each of the areas and seeing what they have to offer, like, I'm like, why aren't I eating here more? Yeah, we ate at Sanaa and I ate at Chico this time around. For, so those two were the okay. first time for me. Um, for both. So obviously the extension of Park to Animal Kingdom Lodge is there. And just seeing what a lot of these restaurants have to offer, I'm like, oh, so yeah, it carries over a little bit and I should be here more. And I'm sure I will be here more and I'm sure that uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom will be more of a, of a, second, a second wave of uh, love. Uh, I do think they have to make some changes though, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, people complain and worry about the IPs, the intellectual properties going into different places, Guardians, into Universe of Energy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and just what will happen to Tower of Terror here. People worry about because Guardians went over in Disneyland. Um, and, and Mel talked about his experience on that on last week's episode, episode number 44. Mm -hmm. So check that out. But, you know, Pandora, fine. Pandora at the time seemed like a good idea. And then 10 years went by. Great. You have awesome attractions and maybe sequels will come out. But right. it doesn't get your toes a tapping per se. I don't think the lifespan is going to be Harry Potter's lifespan of popularity. That's going to go on forever. You know, right. Star Wars is going to have the same kind of thing. But, you know, you look at Dino Land USA and you hear rumors here and there about, oh, it's going to become like an Indiana Jones thing or, you know, uh, that, that some kind of change will happen there. And, you know, just like they're saying uh, a new theme park at um, – Universal is going to be Jurassic World because they have Jurassic Park 
at mm-hmm. Islands of Adventure, so they're gonna make Jurassic World over it. It's like, yeah, and I, I one, I don't, I don't like the cross pollination of I, intellectual <laughs> properties at my theme parks. Right. So mm-hmm. that's one. Mm-hmm. And I know last week I said to Mel, I wanted to see Wally kind of take over Spaceship Earth potentially, but really, right. I, I think Wally would be more suited for the land. Uh, so if that, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, yeah. you know, so then you would have Nemo uh, and Wally in the land, and potentially in. Side out at <laughs> Journey into you need Imagination. To watch the movie. Journey into watch Imagination. It. Imagination! Exclamation mark. Ugh. Um, <laughs> whatever. We're going off the beaten path here, but I feel like yeah, yeah. I need I need a little intellectual property spark in in Disney's right. Animal Kingdom, and I don't know what that spark is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because currently. Even now with the kids, I feel like with not too much going on MGM just yet, it's about to explode. But right now, there's not a ton there aside like Disney Junior or um, uh, why am I blanking on the Toy Story ride? Um, Toy Story Mania. Thank you. Toy Story Mania. Just add one word to it. Um, so, yeah, there there's not a ton there right now with having the kids. So then you kind of split your time between Animal Kingdom and MGM, mm-hmm. which is easy. It's funny. There was a mom at school today who just got back from an impromptu trip to Disney, which is her and her husband hadn't been in years. This was the kids' first time, and she has a four-year-old and almost two-year-olds, and You know, she said it was fun, all the stuff. She's like, but then we did Animal Kingdom, and I don't know, that was kind of pointless. And, like, that was her response. And she's like, there's really not much for them, which is interesting because now we're talking like, oh, we'll probably go more because of the kids. And she was like, it was kind of ridiculous. But whatever, we had a morning to kill, so we did it, which, Uh again, so I feel like there is kind of a consensus about that, not with everyone. Uh As people start adding us, but there is kind of a split the time between Animal Kingdom and MGM. It's not really a spend your whole day there type of park yeah. to me. And I know I know people are tweeting at us about favorite restaurant, favorite attraction, and everything else. Yeah. But what I would really love to know, because I haven't found it yet, is mm-hmm. where to escape in the Animal Kingdom. Because mm-hmm. Epcot... MGM Kingdom, the, you ha- everyone has places where they go and hide for a little while, whether it's Tomorrowland Terrace or whether it's the commissary, at, the ABC commissary at MGM or whether it's uh, Club Cool at uh, Epcot. Like there's these places that like if you need like I need to separate myself from the insanity right now. Right. You can, you know, there's the go-to escapes that we've right. we've had all these years. So I'd be curious to know what people's escape place is and Mm -hmm. they don't have to share their secrets if they don't want to but (laughs) (laughs) where where they go and it's cool and it's you know it's shady and you get some downtime it's not an insane asylum uh i'd be curious about that so at dillo's diz there dillo's with an s diz with a z uh, I didn't really talk about Rivers of Light a little bit. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just something that's going to come with time. And I think it, it'll it eventually become part of the nighttime. Because it, it got some hype and then it got a little, it got overhyped, I guess. And then right. people like get a little down on it. And now it just kind of, it's just kind of sitting there. So I think it's going right. to build with time as part of the nighttime experience. Because um, mm-hmm. it was a good show. It just needs, yeah. it just needs that kind of. It needs that time to get ingrained in people's vacations to then become part of the right. nostalgia. I think it needs mm-hmm. to. It needs time to grow. 
I agree. I agree. Anything else on Disney's Animal Kingdom that we didn't leave out? You have bullet points. I do not. I'm going off the cuff with the map <laughs> in front of me. I had uh, two bullet points, so uh, they've been covered. But uh, no, I don't. I think we said that we were going to spend this podcast celebrating <laughs> Disney Animal Kingdom's 20th anniversary. And well, um, you know, we appreciate the park and all. We just have some extra opinions on this park than we do some others. So we're not downing the park. We're obviously going to keep going. But I think perhaps this celebration had more of a negative connotation to it. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we're we still happy to celebrate. <laughs> Well, all right. Let's 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 try to take it on. We li- we like uh, the the tree of life. Uh, tough <laughs> to be a bug thing, right? We like that. We like Expedition Everest. We like Kilimanjaro mm-hmm. Safari. Uh, mm-hmm. We like Tusker House. You like Tusker House? Yeah. Um, the Navi River Journey was cool. We liked the Nemo musical. I think we were celebrating. <laughs> we're celebrating. <laughs> we're celebrating. I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's so hot. <laughs> it's so Where it's such I a long hide? it's such a long drive. Why can't you tell me where I can hide in this park? I don't want to see attractions. It's, su- it's such a long drive hide. down the Osceola Parkway. Why can't you just keep it on World Drive? Yeah, that's the other thing because when I lived there, I would also pass Animal Kingdom every day exiting Walt Disney World because that was my route home. I cut through that area there, so I was always you know passing by, but yeah, never really stopping in much. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Animal <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> hey, 20 more years. Woo. Here's the 20 more. You can tell, I'm ready to I'm ready to talk more about the Animal Kingdom because that's really why we're here today on this bonus edition of Theme Park Thursday with Dillow's Diz. <laughs> we are here because well, we have two very special guests. We'll get to that in a second. But itself, admittedly, at the end of last week's episode, if you listened, that was episode number 48 in the archives, the celebration of the 20th anniversary... want to call it that. ...of the Animal Kingdom, perhaps celebrating? I don't know. Maybe that would be too much that we were berating the Animal Kingdom mm. as a theme park. But the celebration took a turn, and 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 we heard about it. Jen, you and I heard about it over the weekend from our collective respective spouses. Mm-hmm. So we have invited both Mrs. Dillo and Mr. Snide Dillo here. Thank <laughs> <laughs> the animal kingdom here today yes. it's our own infinity war right here <laughs> <laughs> so mrs Dillow is beside me say hi for the first time on the improviser's guide podcast theme park thursday how excited are you so excited <laughs> <laughs> hello everyone <laughs> and that's on your side uh, Mr. Steindillo is sitting to my left, you know, the side with my heart. Oh, that's yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hi, hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is where we're starting with it. <laughs> no, you're a smoopy. <laughs> you're a smoopy. 
so I don't know where we want to start. I, I suspect, and, and we talked about this over the weekend, the levels of uh, Disney fandom is basically the two of us as crazy people. Right, Jen? Correct. Mm-hmm. Where would you put Mr. Snydillo? He's he's like a, a next level down, but still pretty close to us. Well, However, I mean, that could I, probably be a whole other podcast edition of the different very various levels. Well, sure. There. But if I recall, you were just sitting next to me with your laptop open. And what is the background on your laptop? Epcot. Right. Epcot. So, okay. Um, yeah. And. and- there's me at the lowest level of the <laughs> fandom of the family. Although a great appreciation and affection. Mrs. Dillow is like the Utilidor. <laughs> <laughs> the Dillow's Disney fandom. <laughs> right. Right. But she does have a single tear coming down her eye when she watched Wishes. Mm-hmm. So Did I, she? I think I saw it. <laughs> Wishes or happily ever? Oh. Uh, the magical memories mystery tour. What's that? What's it called? <laughs> oh my god! This is a, this is crazy. so off the beaten track to talk about the <laughs> the animal kingdom. Right, right, right. Animal kingdom, right? Because right. I think um, our spouses had some choice words for us, and we're not happy that we were not all about animal kingdom last week. Yeah, I, th- I think you guys. I think you guys were a little, little too negative about the whole situation. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think you underrated it. I think, yeah. from you know a child's perspective as well, the magic of Animal Kingdom is there. I saw it firsthand. You're saying you're saying that the Animal Kingdom is magical. I, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, magic. Did we say magic in reference to the Animal Kingdom? Right. So, it's its own world. I mean, it's not Magic Kingdom magic, but in the world of animals, it is magical, especially yeah. for children, for them to experience things like the safari and see these incredible animals up close. That is magical, and it really sticks with them, I feel like. I mean, that's an excellent perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at the Bronx Zoo two weeks ago, and it was just as magical as Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, Ooh. wow. Ooh. Get out of here. You the Bronx with the Animal Kingdom. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't even go that far. No. Miss Dillow giving stronger opinions than I anticipated here on the podcast. <laughs> no, first of all, when you pull up to the Bronx Zoo is a lot different than pulling up to the Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. right? You don't have it. You don't have the trolley. You don't have the tram. Mm-hmm. All right, the trolley. The tram. What is this, Mr. It's, Rogers? We're recording pretty late, and I've watched yeah. a lot of Mr. Rogers today. All right. The second. Yeah, you have a safari car to bring you around into the inner workings and realms of these right. animals, like you're walking around in the Bronx Zoo. And Animal Kingdom tells a story, like all Disney theme parks do. And that's why it should be considered one of the Disney theme parks, because you walk into a story. When you walk into the Bronx Zoo, you walk into the Bronx Zoo. There's, there's different, it's different stories. So when you walk into, into Animal Kingdom, you're walking through this forest, you're discovering things. And then once you get into the heart of it, you see the tree of life. And that, that's the whole story of what you're about to see. Oh, you know what? Can you make your point? Because I think you did have a good point where we said right. that 
walking up to the tree of life did not give us those Disney feels that mm-hmm. walking up to Spaceship Earth or the Magic Kingdom or anything right. like that gave us. Right. The Chinese theater. Yes, the, yes, I'm sorry, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's two parts to that. Right. The first part, I'm going to say, is because unlike the Epcot Ball or, or the Cinderella's Castle or uh, Chinese theater, when you approach the tree it's down so you're, you're walking down to the tree mm-hmm. but anything else you're almost sort of walking up to it so mm-hmm. it's this grand presence but the tree's kind of like in the center of of animal kingdom and you, you walk through that forest to find it and they have to put it lower so it's hidden mm-hmm. so you discover it right mm-hmm. but you don't actually discover um any of those other any of those other key elements of those other parks they're kind of the there for everyone to see no matter where you are mm-hmm. my second part is that you guys don't find anything magical in Disney that happened in the past 1992. <laughs> <laughs> so post-1992, nothing is magical in Disney. I would argue that with wishes and the magic, the memories in you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue that the Tower of Terror is post-1992. Mm-hmm. And that okay. is the best theme park attraction in, in all four parks. Right. Well, you guys are, are welcome for another topic of things you like post-1992 <laughs> in Disney. <laughs> it's a very short list. It's a short list. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> right. We like the fireworks. We like Tower of Terror. And we like uh, Dolan. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, walk. <laughs> the boardwalk is post ninety two. Mm-hmm. See, it's getting longer and longer. So We're gonna have a whole many things. things. <laughs> so, I want to know more though, because maybe I've just blocked it out of my memory. You said story several times there. Mm-hmm. Give me the story. What's the story? Ooh. What's the story of the animal kingdom? Correct. Right. It's not a zoo. It's not a zoo. <laughs> well, I, from my, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know the official story. Why do you know from it? <laughs> right. But that doesn't matter. See, that um, doesn't matter. And here's why it doesn't matter because I've been a guest of the animal kingdom probably more times than you guys have. I don't know about that. I think I have because I, I've gone there at least once without you. And that means I've been there um, that many more times. <laughs> So I was only there with all guys. It's cool. We were just hanging out. It's fine. Uh, so if you go in and have your own story, your own interpretation of this little story that you received from the experience, unlike the Bronx Zoo where I just go there and I, I don't really want to go into the building that has the rhinoceros because it smells weird. But if you go into like Animal Kingdom, there's a story of like experiencing this this world of nature and all the different animals that are in it and and how they interact with you in the different countries and the different worlds. Mm -hmm. Can I just say as well um, that we love the Bronx Zoo and uh, this podcast has turned against the Bronx Zoo this week. And I just wanted to say that we do love it here in New York. I was pro Bronx Zoo. (laughs) I love the Bronx Zoo. I was making a statement that may or may not actually been my actual opinion, but just to, just to follow up with that, the rhinoceros house, it's like club cool. You're still going to Beverly. You're still going to rhinoceros house, even that's though true. it's still going there every time you like, there's the smell. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good. That's, that's a really good, good analogy. analogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, that is a lot like Beverly. Mm-hmm. Right. 
All right, uh, uh, Mr. Snydello, what is your favorite attraction in Disney's Animal Kingdom? Mm. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I love Everest. Uh, but I think the one I enjoy the most is actually, even though it's a little cliche, I, I like the safari. Mm-hmm. I think the safari is the most fun because, uh, I've never personally been on a safari outside the animal kingdom, but it's been different every time I've gone. And I do feel like I'm really on a little, little trip when I'm, when I'm out there on the safari. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with you, Mr. Snydilla, because I actually, even as a child going to Disney, although I did not go near as often as all of you did, one of my memories that is the most vivid as a child was going on the safari and having a giraffe lift the windshield of the safari car that we were in. And it was pretty cool. And it like stuck with me forever. It was like this super close encounter with an a wild animal, which was pretty enough. Are you sure this wasn't Six Flags Great Adventure? I am sure. <laughs> well, all right. Well, because then that's the part. That's part of my issue too. Is like the safari was the big thing the first couple of times I was there, and back in the early days when the park first opened, the animals were few and far between. Mm-hmm. Now it is abundant. It's with animals. It's plentiful. It is plentiful. It is plentiful. Mm-hmm. And we were even there on a cold, cold day. That's right. And there were still safari animals out there. I think that was there. like the most animals I've seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy because you'd think freezing. most of them would be in, in a shed somewhere. But that's not how Disney rolls. A shed? Well, like a big shed. I mean, a big shed. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> a luxurious shed. But yeah. I'm sure a magical shed. I'm sure it's got hidden Mickeys in it. And, yeah. No, and I also appreciated how educational it was. To be honest, with you. I know that it seems kind of boring and weird, but I appreciate that they're trying to use their magical powers to also educate all of us and how to be better humans and save these animals. And there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with education. I mean, Epcot in its early days was educational as well. It still is educational, but not to the extent it was when it first opened. I mean, part of my dream is to just homeschool my kids by just walking around Epcot and teaching them everything there. I think that's a good life plan. <laughs> but then you could also take them over to the Animal Kingdom, too, and teach them about animals. Right. I mean, basically all of Disney World, everything you need to know is there. Right. This is, this is Jen's education plan if she was opening up her own homeschool. It would be one... We're walking around the world showcase. Number two. What's number two? Do you know what number two is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <go ahead. laughs> so we didn't start the fire lyrics. That's true. That's true. That'll teach you so much. Oh, and and uh, is there a third for your list? Because I have my third. I just thought of it right now. Uh, I was already doing Billy Joel lyrics in my head. So <laughs> third one. Um, my third one would then just be teaching you about yourself and giving you some self-confidence by listening to wear sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Oz Lerman. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. Wear sunscreen. Anyway. Hello is shaking her head and, <laughs> and, and how did I marry into this family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're turning her slowly. She had a good time. She did. She had a really good time in January. I mean, I think she had the best time at the Animal Kingdom, but right. otherwise, I think she had uh, a really good time at the other I, mean, I think I saw some magical glimmers of her eye here and there. That's true. Yeah. She did like the like Pandora. Yeah, Pandora is really cool. Let's keep talking about her like she's not here. So I thought... <laughs> 
No, I was impressed with Pandora. I mean, I think that's also like the next level of Animal Kingdom now is now they've created this whole other world that's part of Animal Kingdom that is just as vivid and imaginative as the other parks, which I think is mm-hmm. incredible. And the lines are ridiculous, are ridiculous which mm-hmm. I think goes to show you that I feel like you've underrated Animal Kingdom and its value among the mm-hmm. parks. Also a good point because you guys are, you guys are saying that animal kingdom isn't doing anything special, but they've made everyone wait four hours in line for a movie. No one cares about anymore. And that's amazing. And that is Disney magic, right? That's Disney magic. Cause I was like, this is so cool. Oh wait, I don't care about avatar, but this is such a cool place Mm -hmm. to be. I didn't care enough to wait the four hours in line, but I think part of that had to do with my kids were with me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to, put them through that uh, you would have waited four hours though otherwise maybe if i was like no. 10 years no younger way. no way and not four hours for anything listen when I, when island when i worked at island of adventure when it opened and uh we we were i was doing tours and we were learning all about the park and when we went to dueling dragon the now defunct dueling dragons which right. then became the dragon challenge for you know rest in peace right. uh a big, their big exciting thing about the Dueling Dragons attraction was that the queue was set up, and this is before queues were interactive. It, it could hold a three-hour wait, and everybody was like, "No one's going to wait in this heat for three hours." And here we are with Flight of Passage, mm-hmm. four, four hours. And I waited three hours for Spider-Man. Back in you the day. hours for Spider-Man. I did when it first came out. Yeah. I went, Oh, it's broken for two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's probably true. But I did wait back then when that I was, had nothing else to do. When we were, when we did tours, we had like kind of a pool of like which tour guides would like, who would win the pool of I didn't get stuck on Spider-Man. Right. So, it did break down a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I was down to like, I was like in the like last group of like four or five that was never oh, on. Wow. But this is about the animal kingdom. Well, and wasn't right. dinosaur like that in the animal kingdom? Yes, because dinosaurs another very complicated ride, and a good one to bring up too, because that ride is terrifying and probably, mm-hmm. arguably, the scariest ride in Walt Disney World. Oh, hmm. I mean, I haven't been on it in a while, and I feel like any time I did attempt it, it was always broken down. That's a hot take by Mr. Snidello. There, <laughs> I'm going to say I can sticking off the cuff here. I can't think of a ride. Where I'm a little, a little nervous, a little, uh, little. No, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not scared at all. Like the, having that, having that mindset as I'm going through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stitches Great Escape doesn't do that for you. <laughs> you know, no, it doesn't. Not like, not like the original Alien Encounter. Did the original Alien Encounter do that for you? It did it for me. Hmm. Yeah, but that's not there anymore. So that you can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. It's not How there. about the alien scene in the great movie ride? No. Oh, I, yeah, me neither. No. I mean, maybe <laughs> when I was, like, a lot younger, like, maybe that affected me the way dinosaur affects right. me now if I were to go on dinosaur again, which I probably won't because I would never bring my kids on there because they're going to be terrified. What about the frozen sing-along? <laughs> See, I didn't get to go oh, on the you, frozen you single. Got outside with a sleeping baby, right? Mm-hmm. Just enjoying the Disney breeze oh, in yeah. Animal Kingdom, no, and also no frozen singalong was in MGM. Oh, that's right. We did a lot in that week. We did. I'm sorry. You're right. Was there in Animal Kingdom? It's too damn hot in that park. Now here we go. So um, <laughs> you did get some responses. <laughs> to your ridiculousness about how hot it is. Wait, say that again, Jen. 
you did get some responses. Oh, I did. Yeah, you want to? That was step by step WDW, right, Sarah? It was. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And she mentioned the Nomad Lounge. Yes. As, as the, this is the place where you can go and hide and cool off when it's too damn hot in the Animal Kingdom, which is always, even in January when it's 42 degrees. Yeah, by the way, I was not hot in Animal Kingdom in January. But you're also rarely hot. And I mean that by temperature. You're, anyway, we're not going to get into all that. <laughs> the point is, Animal Kingdom also has Dole Whip, which we never, we didn't try. I'm not having Dole Whip in Animal Kingdom, no. No. That's you might be on the best Dole Whip. You don't even know. I don't know from me. I may have enjoyed that. Disney is lucky that I had Dole Whip at the Polynesian, and I love the Polynesian. It's the only Adventureland. Correct. Because <laughs> that was that before 1992. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll have to get clarification on that. All right, mm-hmm. All right. And, and we'll close it up here because we're we're hitting our bonus feature mark here uh, of, of of the magical 22 minute mark. Uh, any final thoughts on Disney's Animal Kingdom, Mrs. Dillo? I think you have to think about it in the eyes of an adult versus the eyes of children. That's the difference. I think that of the other parks, the beauty of them is that they're fabulous for both children and adults, where I think Animal Kingdom is a little bit more magical for children, mm-hmm. except for the newest Pandora Land, which is now a little bit more enticing for adults. So I think it's just seeing it from a different perspective as to where the source of magic is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, was beautiful. Good. You just said that and you got to edit it out. I meant, sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> this is my first time doing a podcast. I'm really sorry, everybody. Um, it's okay if you want to revoke my turn out of that. No, go ahead. All right, all right. Well, look, I, I'm not, I want to just state that Animal Kingdom's not my favorite Walt Disney World Park. Where where is it on the list? Number four. four. Let me. How about how about I just make my statement? Okay, go ahead. And my statement is that it's not my favorite park, right? I I appreciate all of the parks though for what they are, and I would prefer to be in any of the four parks over pretty much anything else I might be doing. I mean, over the so, Bron- even over <laughs> even over the Bronx Zoo. Mm -hmm. And while I understand it doesn't have the nostalgia that some of the other parks do for anyone because it hasn't been around as long and anyone in our generation has not grown up going to Animal Kingdom. So we will not understand what it means to be there as a child the way that our kids will understand what it's like to be there as a child. So really, you need to have this podcast in like 20 years and see what our kids talk about of like, man, but what about animal kingdom? And when there's like two more Disney parks by that point, then they'll be like, yeah, but the new, you know, insert name of character. Right, park. You just give me an anxiety attack about 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that was a good sum up. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's, it, I, I, I respect it for what it is and I enjoy being at any Disney park and I hope everyone listening here does as well. I, I think we should be clear once again, that we should not hate, <laughs> Disney's Animal Kingdom. Correct. I don't know. I would kind of think that from the last thing. No. I, I listened to the last It's thing. just number four on my list. That's all. Mm. It's number six on my list. <laughs> <laughs> There's about 25 things more to do at Disney's Animal Kingdom than there is at MGM right now. Give me, give me one must do at the Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, Everest. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the safari. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> dinosaur. Said one. Well, I there's so many. I can give you a whole bunch. Let's do have, so. have you guys, by the way, uh, seen the Pandora utility suit that's walking around now? Mm-hmm. I did see the utility suit. I have not shown you the utility suit mm-hmm. walking around, which is just a, a guy on stilts, right? Uh, <laughs> he's just looking for the angry tweets he just tries for the angry tweets every week mm. he just wants them no i am appreciative of disney's Island kingdom i have no doubt that it will gr- my my appreciation will grow over time it's just, it is better than the bronx zoo i would go to animal kingdom over majority of places as well you know outside of go, walt disney world yes we go to animal kingdom over the universal parks correct yeah mm-hmm. so oh there's... see oh but you wouldn't would you interesting mm-hmm. i just had to think about it first again mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I just want to give honest answers you know. turned around no i i still i, I want to go down with all right, I have a feeling this debate will come up again in the future. But after last week's turn of events, there, uh, there was a need to mm-hmm. defend Disney's fourth theme park, <laughs> one that opened six years after 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Which gives it six points down from any other, any other park that might be out there. Six years in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's way out Disney's Animal Kingdom well Mrs. Dillo thank you so much for being here thank you for having me <laughs> come back again soon I'm happy to be back we could get a lie detector on that one <laughs> uh, Mr. Snydillo much appreciated of course. I'm sorry I, I didn't follow the podcast rules. <laughs> we'll beep it out. Don't worry. All right. Thank you. Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz, a part of the Improviser's Guide Network featuring Frank Cardillo and Jen Cardillo Snyder. The theme was composed by Matt Harvey. Introductory performance of Alexander's Ragtime Band performed by Lindsay Zerugian. You can give Dillo's Diz a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dillo's Diz. You can follow Dillo's Diz on Instagram and Twitter, Dillo's with an S, Diz with a Z, or you can go to dillosdiz.com for blogs, throwbacks, archives, and more. <laughs>